Hello, everyone, and welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Jake Watroba, and on today's episode, we talk to GM and Director of Operations for Maryland Bobcats FC, Evan Ramist, as they prepare for their first season of professional soccer in NISA in 2021. Listeners, send in your feedback and thoughts on today's episode at Unc Sam Soccer Pod on Twitter. And we would also love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's get to today's episode. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Alrighty, Justin, you and I again today. We we we're giving Stephen the week off, uh, guys. Hopefully he'll be back next week. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Send in your feedback, your comments, your thoughts. We want to know your feedback uh, and your comments and your thoughts on Serginio Des' performance on Saturday morning as Barcelona fall to Real Madrid. Uh, Justin, you consumed that game. You watched uh, a good chunk of it. Give us your overall thoughts on Des' performance, the first American to play in El Clasico. Yeah, so I got about an hour the game in before we kind of had to do this interview for today's episode. Um, and Des looked, I don't want to say he was like absolutely killing it on the field. He just looked comfortable and he played well and he looked like he belonged at that level of the game that we held, that we hold out Classico and, and big games like that too. Um, it was a really tidy game. He had one play where he like smoked uh, Mendy and Cruz and I, I almost lost my mind because he, yeah, that was, he was on the sideline and it was kind of like where they're trying to push him to the side and then like Cruz has come to push him down and he does a nifty little like, I call it like a tip tap because I really don't know what this is called, but like with his feet and the ball where he just gets between the two defenders uh, and then they bring him down and it probably should have been a foul, but he didn't get called for it. Um, But overall, it was just a really tidy game from dust. Well, that's good to hear because um, one of my, one of the memories that stand out to me the most about Sergio Dest, I believe it was uh, Chucky Lozano on Mexico dunking on him. Uh, I believe it was the gold cup final last year where he just blew right past him. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's good to hear that he was able to hold his own, uh, in that matchup. One thing that stood out to me on Twitter, I saw after the match was it looks like, uh, Barcelona kind of threw Dest to the media jackals, if you will. Uh, no Messi, nobody of importance, uh, for Barcelona out there to, uh, answer questions about why the club lost. So what was your take on that? Was it just simply, uh, first American to appear in El Clasico? I think it was kind of unprofessional from the senior players at Barcelona. Like they, it's not the first time that they've lost an El Clasico to Real Madrid. Um, I know the circumstance that the club this year and over the last few years hasn't been great. Um, 
one of the things I found most interesting when I was watching the game is that when a player like Coutinho or Fati um, or one of the forward players players uh, would make a mistake kind of going forward, ne- wouldn't necessarily find Messi's run or play the ball to him instead of to somebody else. Um, he was visibly frustrated. And, and like we've seen this from players before of, 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 you know, high caliber who get frustrated with other teammates. But Messi's body language the entire game, and, and you've kind of said this off off uh, podcast, you know, we're probably going to see this a lot this season from him. But he just kind of put his, like, just kind of shrugged his shoulders down and, and was just frustrated with the entire team, um, which is understandable because, you know, of the situation that Barcelona's in. But as the leader of this young group of players at Barcelona, I probably would have expected him to act a little bit more mature and have a little bit more encouragement in the way he played today, seeing as three of his teammates on the field were teenagers in Pedri, uh, Des, and Fati. Um, but yeah, I just it it was it was a tough it was a tough day for Barcelona um, overall, though. Yeah, Justin, I think we will see a lot of Lionel Messi looking kind of disinterested or frustrated with uh, with Barcelona and his teammates. As uh, we all know, he does not want to be there this season. And we can all assume that uh, this will probably be his final season with FC Barcelona. But listeners, let us know your thoughts on Serginho Des' performance in his first ever El Clasico at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Coming up, we have an interview with GM and Director of Operations for Maryland Bobcats FC, Evan Ramist. Evan was nice enough to give us some time to talk about the origins of the club as they prepare for their professional soccer debut in 2021 with NISA. Joining us now on the show is GM and Director of Operations for Maryland Bobcats FC. It's Evan Ramist. Evan, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, we're, we're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, as we were exchanging emails uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, we, we are recording this uh, Saturday morning, you had mentioned that you were on your way down to Chattanooga for a, a match against Chattanooga FC. And uh, I was curious what the drive time was between the uh, you know the Baltimore area to Chattanooga, and it said right around nine and a half hours. So I was just curious on, on a bus ride because I saw you guys were uh, busting down there on your Twitter account. What do you what do you do for uh, nine plus hours from uh, Baltimore to Chattanooga? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think everyone kind of picks their own thing, right? So for me. Um, I get some net, Netflix in, um, you know, I do some podcasts, nap as much as I can, which I can't normally sleep uh, too much on the bus trips. Um, and, and I read, um, I don't get too much time to, to read, you know, for, for extended periods of time. Um, so I get some, uh, some, some books in, but some of our guys, I think some guys in the back of the bus, not only brought an Xbox, but brought a portable TV and we're playing FIFA pretty much the entire drive down. Um, no, but it, it, it's long, but, you know, it, it gives you the chance to catch catch up on, on, on some stuff. 
Are you so? I that's just funny because it seems like the back of the bus is always where like the rowdy group is. Are are you more of a front bus guy then? Since you like reading and uh, kind of doing stuff to yourself. I am a hundred percent of the front of the bus. I think I was in the <laughs> second or third seat, and uh, yeah, I we we kind of let the older guys, you know, captain and 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 guys uh, sit sit in the back, and yeah, it's n- normally the most most rowdy back there. Well, Evan, I I wanted to ask you. Uh, so on. October thirteenth, the the club announced that they are or they were approved uh, to join NISA uh, with the intent on playing in the spring of twenty twenty one. How did Maryland Bobcats FC come to be? Yeah, that's you know uh, to make a long story short, um, this wasn't a one or two year thing. Um, the the club started about ten years ago. Um, our, our ownership, our current ownership group right now. Um, all met and became friends in college at UMBC, um, just outside of Baltimore. Um, and as, you know, as young, broke college kids do, they, they joked that one day they were going to own a soccer team. Um, they didn't know what it looked like. You know, it was just kind of something they said. And, um, you know, a, a Sunday league team got formed after they graduated um, as a way to keep in touch, you know, uh, stay in shape, but, but more so, you know, keep for friends in touch. Um, and from there, it, uh, you know, this guy had a friend who brought his other friend who brought his two friends that he used to play with. Um, and, you know, a, a team was kind of born out of, out of this group of friends. Um, and, you know, it evolved into um, a team where, you know, guys would play if they wanted to keep in shape for playing in college, or maybe they just got done playing in college and they wanted to keep playing, or, um, you know, they went overseas to try to find a contract somewhere and, and came back or were about to leave and wanted to stay in shape, get games in, um, so, you know, it, it, it was a great place for, for players to just kind of hop, hop in and play. Um, and, you know, that was about 10 years ago. And then um, I'd say about three-ish, three to four years ago, um, you know, the team started to get good on the field, right? We, they were always okay, um, but they, we started to get good on, on the field. And, um, you know, then it started to bring in the questions of, what's next, right? It wasn't, we weren't, I don't think anyone in our club is happy with, with where we're at now. Um, no, no matter where, where we're at. Um, and so the question was like, well, you know, what, what's next? What, what now? Um, and at the time we actually had two teams. We had a team playing in the league in Baltimore and a team playing in the league in D, DC. Um, and we kind of took those teams, merged them into one, um, you know, kind of picked the, the, the best 18 to 22 guys b- between those two teams and, and brought them into one and like, let's see what, what happens. Um, and, you know, things, things went well, um, you know, and then it was like, okay, um, we have all these players um, that, in my opinion, some of them should be getting paid to play soccer somewhere, right? Um, and how can we give them a, a platform and, and a chance? And um, that's when we kind of started to build and myself started to build out the off the field aspect of the club right because there's tons and tons of teams across the country across the world that are great on on the field that me you everyone has never heard of because all they want to do they want to show up they want to play they want to leave which is great like uh, we we need clubs like that right um but for us we wanted to be um a club that uh could get our players eyeballs um to to be able to to show our state to show the country to show the world that there's so much talent in, in this area that, that these guys can play. And so from there, we joined the UPSL, um, you know, had to our first season in UPSL, we made the national quarterfinals. Um, and then our second season last fall, um, we ended up winning the national championship um, after an undefeated season. Um, we joined the NPSL, 
um, which unfortunately, you know, our first season was supposed to be this summer, um, but that season got, got canceled. Um, and then, yeah, now, you know, now we're uh, approved for NISA and making the next, next jump, jump to the club. Yeah, Evan. And in that, you know, 10 year span with the club, I mean, where did you start coming in or like, were you there from this jump or did you kind of come midway through? Yeah, so I was not there from the jump. So I actually joined about four, it's almost like four years ago to the day. It might have actually been like this weekend, this Halloween week time that I joined. Um, and I joined because I wanted to play, actually. Um, Maryland Majors, the, the league the team was in the time, which is the Maryland kind of elite amateur league, um, they have a free agent page where, you know, you can put your name, where you play on the field, kind of a short bio, um, and by chance. Um, it, it is 100% chance that I'm, I'm with this club. Um, Jay, who's one of our owners, um, happened to be the first guy to e- email me back. Um, and that's how I got, got hooked up with the club. So I actually started as a player. Um, and I always tell people that, um, you know, I've been on a lot of teams in, in my life, um, from youth soccer to high school to college. Um, but the atmosphere and the welcoming um, that I got with, with this club. The, the, first, the first time I met anyone in person from this club was at a game. Um, I showed up for a game. I'd never met a single guy on the team, a single – I haven't met the coach, hadn't done anything. Um, and it was like I had been with the club for three or four years. Um, the, the, the guys were fantastic. Jay was fantastic. Our, our coach was great. Um, and, you know, right from the start, I kind of felt something was different ab- ab- about this group of guys. Um, and from there, you know, as we started to grow off the field, we needed more done. And I just, you know, I come from an ad agency um, as my day job. And um, as we need to do more marketing and more PR and that stuff, I started to, you know, it, I always joke, it started as I agreed to send a couple tweets. Um, and now I'm doing everything. So um, it kind of evolved in, into what I needed to do. And then a year ago, a little over a year ago, um, I was still kind of playing. Um, we had gotten much better players and I wasn't playing because I'm, I'm not that good. Um, but I tore my Achilles, um, and that was kind of the, okay, you need to transition full-time to the front office. Um, and I say there's, there's never a good time to tear, tear your Achilles, but um, at that point in the club, it was, it was kind of a good thing that I could 100% focus on the off-the-field stuff. <laughs> wow, yeah you, yeah, you don't ever want to say tearing your Achilles is a, a silver <laughs> lining, but maybe it sounds like you're looking at it as, as, if, it, uh, as if it was to focus more so on the uh, – the you know development of the club off the field, but exactly. Evan, I I, I want to ask you, uh, what does the the move to Misa, uh, to Nisa mean for the club? Yeah, it's you know um, I think it's easy for myself and, and our ownership group and our front office to kind of get bogged down in the day to day work, right? Um, you know I've been with this club for four years. Our our ownership group has been around for ten years. There's there's some players we have on our roster still that have been around for six, seven, eight years. Um, and I think it's easy for us to kind of get bogged down in the, yep, it's our club. You know, we've been doing this for however long we've been a, a part of the club. And, you know, we have practice, we have games. Um, but, you know, I, I think after the announcement that, that um, we had gotten voted in by the board um, to NISA, you know, I had to kind of call our ownership and call our staff and like be like, look, guys, like take a step back. Like, you know, our ownership has had the group like let's bring pro soccer to the state of Maryland. Um, for whatever reason, there there isn't a men's outdoor pro team in the state, which um, is nuts to me. Um, you know, the amount of talent we have from youth soccer to high school soccer to all the amazing colleges and their programs, both men and, and women in our state. 
Um, it, it blows my mind that there's no pro team at any level. Um, and so, you know, we didn't know what pro soccer in Maryland looked like. Um, but for us to, to kind of f- fulfill that, that goal and that dream that, you know, started 10 years ago in a college dorm, um, you know, I think that it, it proves, you know, if a group of people get together, common goal, uh, you know, are, are excited, have, have the passion and, you know, cause we're not getting paid, right? Like, but, but for this, the last, you know, eight years, nine years, it's not like we're getting paid to do this. It was cause we, we love the project and we, and we love the, the club and the, and the team. Um, and so for us to, to bring, um, you know, to, to bring this club in, into NISA with, you know, the fantastic clubs that are all already there um, and to kind of now have our club, you know, be able to be said in the same breath as the Cosmos and Chattanooga and the Detroit City. Um, you know, we had to take a step back and really like, I had to tell them like, look, like we don't celebrate that often on things we do. Like this is a time to, you know, pat each other on the back, say good job, can congrats because, um, it's big. Um, you know, not many people can, can say they bring pro pro soccer or pro sports to a state. Um, and, you know, that's that's what, what we've we've been able to do. Yeah, Evan, and, and, you know, the teams that you kind of listed, the Cosmos, Detroit City, Chattanooga, they all have like this big cult following of fans um, just because yeah. Nice is just such a very uh, niche league here in this, sure. even for the United States. Um, but as far as like, it goes with with uh, with the Bobcats. Obviously, you guys were supposed to roll out this summer, but you know what's what's the general feeling on on the expectation of being able to pull out fans to kind of see games and and to just kind of have that type of atmosphere with you guys. Yeah, and you know I think that um, from from my point of view is my biggest focus going into twenty twenty one. You know, it's unfortunate because at the end of twenty nineteen, which was the last time that we actually had a home game with fans. Um, you know, we were getting four or five hundred, six hundred, you know, if we we're playing a good game, a little bit more fans a game. Um, and sure, the whole experience of a, of a, of a, you know, pro soccer game maybe wasn't there yet, but we were building to that. Um, and then, you know, we had our last game in December um, of 2019 at, at home with fans. And then, you know, we, we played in 2020 um, in the spring of the UPSL national uh quarter and semi and final were all in January, Feb, February, but they were all um, away from home. Um, and then, yeah, we had big plans for kind of summer 2020 um, and, you know, going forward and then uh, COVID hit. So, um, you know, uh, my, like I said, my biggest focus um, kind of from now to whenever we kick off is to make sure that we're bringing in fans, you know, we're making it so it's a good atmosphere for our players, for the opposing teams, um, and to the fans that come. Um, you know, I think we're lucky to be placed in an area, um, and, our, and our stadium is, is, is in a good area that um, not only is there a lot of people, it's just like a pretty populous area in, in Mon- Montgomery and Prince George's County, um, but also, you know, that area has so many people that like soccer. Um, those are the easy fans to get, right? The ones that already love soccer, that like soccer, that like go, going to games. Um, and, you know, the DMV area is, has so many soccer fans. Um, and I think part of it is because it's such a di- diverse area, right? You have D- DC. Um, and so people settle down from all over the world in, in that area. Um, and, you know, we're, uh, we're scheduled to be kicking off at the Maryland Soccerplex, um, which is where the Washington Spirit, um, the NWSL team played, 
Um, so, you know, we, we know what can be done in, in that area, right? They were averaging, I think the last two seasons, they averaged four to 5,000 fans, fans a game. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying we're going to get that day, day one or that we, you know, potentially could ever get that. But, you know, it's, it's, we have a, a, a market that, that loves uh, soccer and a com- community that, that, that loves soccer. And um, the, the other thing that helps is, you know, um, all of our front office, and I would say probably 90% of our, our players, um, you know, they live, work, or from the area. Um, you know, we're not getting guys yet necessarily, right, from all over the country or world. Um, and, you know, that's, that's part of our goal is to make sure that a lot of our roster is local players. Um, whether they were born here, whether they moved here, whether they went to college in the area, um, to, to, to show show people that, you know, you can build a talented roster from the players in, in this area. And, um, you know, for, for them to be able to go, uh, you know, out to dinner, you know, when, when it's safe, I guess, but out to dinner or, or out to movie. And it's, you know, the, the people that our players are going to be in, interacting with are the people that get to come come to our games. Um, you know, that's that's fantastic. And that's what we want want to build. We want to build a team where, um, you know, the, the community really gets behind it um, and, and that the, the community is, is not just people that come to our games and pay for tickets, right? It's, it's that we're in, in a community doing just as much, if not more, as the, as the fans that come and, and watch, watch us play. Now, Evan, uh, during a press conference a few weeks ago, you were asked why the club decided to join NISA. And, and something you said stood out to me. You, you, uh, this was essentially the quote. Uh, uh, a big part of our club has always been, let's give our players the best chance to show what they got. Uh, can you expand a little bit on that? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, um, again, kind of like I said earlier, um, my goal has always been um, to get our players good quality games um, and for them, them to, to be seen. Um, you know, I would love for us to have the best players in the world play for our club, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not naive, naive in saying that, you know, there's not uh, bigger, better, um, more prominent clubs, you know, in, in our country, in, in the world. Um, or more places that our players will, will get to de- de- develop. Um, but that being said, you know, I've, I've always tried to get our players um, against good competition to test themselves, um, but also to show ev- everyone else um, that, that these, these guys can play. Um, NISA, you know, um, one, they're a fantastic team, right? There is some really good soccer being played in this league. Um, you know, I, I don't think that there's necessarily a, a bad team in, in the league. Um, you know, uh, sure, there's clubs at different points, you know, but, but there's not a bad team. And I, I think the fall tournament kind of proved that. Um, but, you know, for, for us being able to play teams like Chattanooga, to play teams like Detroit City, the, the Cosmos, Cal, Cal United, um, you know, one, it's fantastic competition, but two, um, you know, I, I think for people that, that love soccer and, and like soccer or as a, as a I, idea, um, you know, NISA, in, in my opinion, is building soccer the right way. Um, you know, they want it to be open. Uh, heck, I, I want there to be a team in Baltimore and a team in Annapolis. And for us to have, you know, those, those teams that are so close to us that half of each stadium is filled with the other team's fans. And that's what NISA is all about. Um, and, you know, I, I think as NISA continues to grow and they continue to get uh, good quality teams in, um, you know, it's, it's only going to get to be a better platform for our players. Um, and, you know, to, to have a platform like NISA that, 
um, thought enough of us as a club and, and our players and what they've done on the field to even start the conversation, um, shows that our guys can play um, and, and shows that they should be getting this chance. And, uh, you know, anytime teams like Chattanooga, teams like uh, the Cosmos play, there's got to be eyes on them. Um, and, and take that with the ideology of soccer that, that NISA is, is promoting and, and the openness, um, you know, that fits directly in with how we want to build our club. And, um, you know, uh, to be honest, one of the reasons we joined NISA was because um, of the uh, collection of clubs that were all, already there. Um, you know, I, I think it's pretty easy to see the kind of mentality and the kind of, um, you know, way that all the clubs in NISA think um, about soccer, how it should be run, about how um, it, it should be open. And, and that's exactly how, how we, we think, too. Yeah, and like you said, um, you know, objectively, there are clubs playing at higher levels, even within the country and around the world. Um, and, you know, even in the DMV area, you guys have teams like Richmond Kickers, Loudoun United, DC United. Um, you know, is there any interest from the Bobcats at all to kind of form some sort of partnership with these clubs so that, you know, when you are bringing these players through, because you guys have your own youth setup kind of in the works. Um, yep. So, like, is is there any desire to kind of want to have those partnerships aligned so maybe you can move your players along to these clubs so they have that opportunity to play at higher levels yeah i mean to, to be completely honest not really um <laughs> you know if again if teams come along and it's a better opportunity um for our players you know we're not going to hold them hostage and say no no you can't go um but you know we want to start developing a pipeline of talent and developing talent that um, you know, we can kind of call our own, um, whether that be coming up through our youth program, which we've had, I want to say three youth players um, between the ages of 15 and 17 trained with our first team so far, um, whether that be guys that come and play for us that, you know, maybe are a little bit younger or, you know, just, you know, guys um, hit their peak at different ages um, and just, just need a couple more years to, to de develop um, you know, I'm, I don't want to knock all those other clubs, but, you know, uh, I, I don't want to set us up as a Peter club, right? Um, not saying that we would, would be, but, you know, I, I go into everything with, you know, we are the best club, right? We, we are the best team, which I, I, I know is not true, right? I, I know that's not true, but um, we, we have to think that way to continue to, to, to grow and, and push. Um, and sure, like, again, I, I, we're not going to hold players hostage. We're not going to Re refuse to to talk to these clubs and, and play these clubs um but you know as far as kind of a partnership you know again i think that's what um nice is all about right it's kind of that independent soccer um you know uh, we want to be our own club we don't want to be you know oh it's the partner club of xyz um and and there are some great soccer up and down the east coast up you know in maryland in Vir virginia in bc and again don't don't want to knock knock those guys but um you know we really want to be an independent club that um for better or worse um you know has to kind of fend fend for ourselves and, and hopefully the develop talent now evan as the as a gm what are some of the things you're looking for when scouting players in your area as you prepare for the 2021 season yeah, um, you know, we're super, super lucky to have um, our tech, technical director, um, Paul. Um, Paul, N N again, um, you know, he's, he is very well known kind of in the DMV area. I think he's 
produced three or four women's national team players that he's coached and, you know, two or three men's national team players. Um, and, you know, uh, it starts with talking to him and talking to our head coach on how do, how do we want, want to play, right? What kind of players do we want? Do we want um, just ath- ath- athletes, guys that can run all day, jump, jump out of the room? Um, do we want guys that, um, you know, uh, can, can possess the ball, but even getting more uh, in-depth in than that is where exactly in the team do we need to get better? Right. Is, is it a goalkeeper? Is it a left back? Is it a holding center mid versus an attacking center mid? Um, and, you know, uh, it, it's funny because most people would think I would be the kind of the last line of the defense for, you know, do we want this player or not? I'm actually the first. Um, you know, I get, uh, I get emails from players. I, I get sent tape. I find players, you know, I, I, I still go to non, non-league games in, in uh, the area. Um, I'm the one that kind of, you know, weeds guys out and then sends it to, to our coaching staff. Um, because, look, I want them to really focus. I don't want them going over hours and hours and hours of tape and seeing all these players that, you know, if there's a goalkeeper or uh, that hits us up and we know we're, we don't need a goalkeeper, I don't want them, you know, to, to have to take their time. So um, it's kind of the uh, backwards of what you think is, is I'm normally the guy that then sends these guys on to our coaching staff. Um, because, look, I know they're smarter than me when it comes to, to how, how they want to build their team, right? Uh, I don't want to take that o- away from them. And sure, there's been times when I really think we should get a player. I really think we, we should not get a player. Um, and, you know, that's where those con- conversations come, come in. Um, and then, you know, going, going into NISA, it's also what, what can we afford, right? If, if there's a player that we really, really want or, or think would, would fit great, and, you know, uh, they want, in, in our opinion, you know, some, some salary that, that is, you know, maybe out of our reach or uh, wouldn't let us fill other holes in our roster, um, we, we might have to pass. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's an interesting, uh, you know, way that we find players because, you know, we don't have a staff of 10 scouts that go across the world and country that can find guys. It's, you know, some of our best players have been guys that have, taken the leap of faith and sent me an email and I'm like, wow, yeah, you can, you can play. Um, and then, you know, I send it on and, and we invite them in the, to, to train or, or, you know, we, we invite them to kind of talk to our staff um, and see, see where they fit. But it, it really is a team, uh, you know, a, a team process of, of where do we need help on the field? Where do we need to bring in guys that can help the hold? Um, and then, you know, let's, let's go find, find these guys. Yeah. And, and on, you know, even beyond the the team itself and, and the front office and, and the ownership group and stuff, you know, one of, one of the goals of, of the Maryland Bobcats, you know, as stated kind of on your website is this idea of inclusivity and, and being one of the most inclusive clubs, not only within NISA, but across the United States itself. Um, yep. And the, the club's ownership group is made up of four people of color, uh, as is most of the front office and coaching staff. Um, yep. You hear about this in, you know, leagues across the country, you see it in MLS with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, yep. You see it in the NFL with the with the Rooney Rule, where they have to interview at least one black applicant uh, for a coaching position. You know, as yep. far as the Maryland Bobcats go, do you feel as though the club is kind of at the forefront of of, of being a club who is inclusive and is looking to provide people of color, um, you know, with those opportunities, whether it be as a front office member, as a coach, or as a player? Yeah, it's funny you say that, right? Because 
um, you know, I am a white guy, right? So, um, you know, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, right? But it was, it's interesting because I never thought that way, right? I never thought like, hey, we're, you know, we're leading the charge in terms of having, you know, a di- diverse roster, front office, what, whatever. It was just, that's our club, right? That's, that's the guys, that's, that's our owners. Um, and, you know, as, as I got to know the players in ownership better, um, you know, as, as I talked to them more about non-soccer things, um, you know, it became apparent to me that, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, again, I, I think a lot of these guys should be getting paid way more money to play somewhere else. Um, and, you know, hearing all these stories of, of guys going on trials or, or go, going somewhere and, and thinking they performed really well um, and, you know, they, they don't get a callback or, or, or they don't get picked and then they come to us. Um, because really we, we don't care. Uh, we don't care what your background is, where you're from. Um, if, if you can play, if you're a good person, if, if you're going to make our club better, um, you know, you are more, more than welcome to, to come, come to our club. Um, and, you know, uh, seeing what's gone on the last, you know, six, eight months, you know, 400 years, really, if we're going to get down to it, but, um, you know, it kind of that race has been in the, in the forefront of the last kind of six to eight months. Um, you know, it's, it's given me hope for the future. Um, you know, hearing our guys talk and, 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 and hearing, you know, what they're trying to do in their co- communities, um, not even a part of, of, of the club, but just by, by themselves. Um, you know, it's given me hope that we made the right decision in, in giving these guys a chance. Um, and look, it's, it's, it's important that these kind of players and these people that get looked over for front office roles, for playing roles, coaching roles, uh, get chances, right? Um, and, and I think I think we're doing a pretty good job of that. And even the club as a whole, um, and, you know, maybe winning the title for UPSL or joining NISA, um, you know, I, I even, like to my face, um, have heard people say like, oh, that group, you know, they can't get organized a, a, enough or oh that 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 team you know they're they're too i don't know what what people say right but and that shocked me right that people that just say it one but say it to me is who they know works for the club uh too and you know i i really think it is you know a testament to our ownership group um and and the staff that you know we just keep on going um you know they they had a dream they had a uh, they're they're excited they're they're they want to make their community better through soccer um and no matter what a- anyone else said or did um you know they kept they kept getting better um and so you know for for us and and for me to be able to give these guys chances that maybe hadn't got them before or the chances they did get were much much shorter than they should have been um you know i i think i'm most proud of of of, of that in and making sure that these guys you know, uh, that can really, really play or getting that, that chance. Yeah, Evan, I agree. I think you guys have really uh, planted a flag in the ground in terms of, you know, just being inclusive, uh, just, you know, for everyone involved, not just the players, but for uh, people looking into getting, you know, positions, whether that's in the front office or even ownership. I think that's, uh, I think you guys have really done a good job of, like I said, planting a flag in the ground on that front. But the last question I wanted to ask you here before we let you go, um, as we run up to spring 2021, what are some hurdles 
that uh, you guys are going to have to get over here before uh, before that uh, 2021 NISA season starts. <laughs> well, I you know I don't think we have enough time uh, to talk about them all, but uh, no, you know I, I I think it falls into two categories. One is the on on the field. Um, so you know we're going to have to make some tough choices with um, what guys make that first pro roster um you know i I have a feeling that our team is going to look a lot different um even from our game you know in seven hours um to when when we kick off um in nisa um you know we we know we know a core of guys that we have or have our eye on that that will most likely make make that that first roster but you know uh, like i said i've gotten so many emails from from players and and so many emails from from good players that again, probably should get a chance to, to play. Um, and, you know, it, it's going to be hard, right? There's There's been guys that have played for us for four or five years, uh, you know, hundreds of games that, 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 that they've played for us um, and played well um, that, you know, maybe aren't uh, won't make that, that roster. And, you know, those are those tough conversations and those tough um, uh, times that, you know, it, they helped us get here. Um, but, you know, we need someone else to fill, fill that hole. Um, and again, that's, it, it sucks and it sucks that it's, it's that way. Um, but you know, that, that's good. That's going to be a big challenge is, you know, what, what 23 man r- roster are we going to have when we kick, kick off? Um, and two, you know, uh, for, for me off of the field, um, you know, I want to make sure that if, and when we can have fans and I hope it's a when, not an if, um, you know, I want to make sure that we don't have a ramp up time right i want to make sure that it doesn't take us three four five games to finally get in the groove i want to make sure that um first home game we have um that our players the opposing players the opposing staff and our fans have a great time right and it's smooth and it's 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 a professional um game right and um and for me you know without having that ramp up time you know maybe in the npsl or in the upsl this fall or something to start to build out that game day um, staff, but also the game day kind of ex- experience. Um, you know, uh, that's something that I uh, that I'm uh, wor- not worried about, but that we're going to have to take take a lot of time on. Um, because again, I don't want to sell our players short. I don't want to sell the other clubs that you know may fly across the country to play us short. Um, and I don't want to sell our fans short. And I, I I want them to have the best game day experience that that they can. Our stadium is gorgeous. The the playing surface is fantastic. Um, you know, it's, it's a great place to watch a game. I want to make sure that all that comes with that um, is up to the standards that we hold ourselves to. Um, so, you know, uh, we've, we're, we're going to get some, some good folks on, on board that are going to help, help with that, um, including, you know, a, a bunch of game, game day ops people. But uh, I, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, our intro to NISA, right, our, our kind of first, first home game um, goes as, as well as it should. And, you know, as much as I wish, nothing's going to go wrong. I know stuff's going to go wrong or, you know, we're going to forget, I don't know, paper clips. There's something small, right? Right. But I, I want to do everything that we can in our power um, to make sure that when, when we kick off um, that the ex- experience is, is as good as it, it, it can be because, you know, at, at this level, um, small things can go, go a long way. Um, and for a lot of our players, not, not all, um, but a, a lot of our players, that'll be the first game that they play as a pro. Um, and same thing with the teams we play, right? Sure, they have their rosters, but some of the guys that on, are on their roster, um, you know, it might be the first time they play in a pro game. 
Um, and I want that to be as special as we, we can make it. Um, and so that's, you know, the kind of on versus off, off the field thing. Those, those are the two, two, two big, big ones heading the 2021. Uh, well, Evan, I mean, we'll be, we'll be pulling for you guys, you know, when, whenever the season gets started, hopefully it gets started uh, and everything kind of runs smoothly for that first home game or just the first game in general. Um, we just want to thank you again for your time here. Talk to us about the Maryland Bobcats, uh, you know, kind of where you guys started moving into NISA. Um, before we let you go, are there any socials, yours or the teams that you maybe want to plug real quick or anywhere that we can go to learn more about the Bobcats? Yeah, for sure. So not my personally, <laughs> but our teams. Yeah. So um, like you guys said, our website, um, you know, unfortunately with our lack of an official fall season, there hasn't been too much in the way of schedules, but um, our website will be updated with all our games, our first pro roster, our youth team in information um, as well, well as our store. Um, and then we're super active on pretty much any platform you can think of um, Twitter and Instagram are at MD Bobcats FC. Um, Facebook is Maryland Bobcats FC, same on YouTube and LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, there's, there's some, you know, besides the normal game day, you know, if we have a game this day stuff, there's, there's a lot of good stuff behind the scenes, um, both from the front office behind the scenes, but also with our players and staff. So, um, yeah, uh, please feel free to follow. Um, you know, it, it's updated a, a, a lot, so. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Evan. Yeah, thanks Thanks so, so much, guys. Thanks again to Evan Ramist. We appreciate the time. Uh, you can follow Maryland Bobcats FC on Twitter at MDBobcatsFC. And if you want to learn more about the club, you can Find them at MarylandBobcatsFC.com. Now, Justin, after speaking with Evan, did anything stand out to you uh, about Maryland Bobcats as they kind of prepare for their debut season in NISA in 2021? Yeah, I mean, I really liked his enthusiasm about, you know, wanting to grow the game in the DMV area, but at the same time keeping the Bobcats as this independent club, you know, we see a lot of USL teams kind of forming these partnerships with MLS teams. Um, but I think it's cool that, you know, he wants to keep the Bobcats as their own independent club, as the I and NISA would stand for, um, and just bring players through their own youth system, bring them into the professional game through their first team. And if the opportunity comes for them to move on to a, to a bigger team, whether it be a team in the DMB area or somewhere else, they're willing to do it. Um, so I think this is a really cool project, uh, especially being the first pro team to be in Maryland in quite a while now. Yeah, I thought that was cool too. And I believe he did mention we're not going to uh, stop players from moving to bigger clubs if they if they want to. It sounds like Evan and the club think they have a, there's a few diamonds in the rough, if you will, uh, in that area that they can... Uh, kind of cultivate and help build up and then get them going in the right direction, whether that's to USL or MLS or even abroad. Um, so, yeah, I think it's uh, – I definitely think it's a cool project, and we uh, we can't wait to see how everything unfolds for them here as they, like I said, get ready for their debut in NISA in 2021. But, listeners, that is it for today's show. You can follow the show on Twitter at Pod. Uh Let us know your feedback, your thoughts on Serginio Des. 
uh, El Clasico debut on Saturday morning. Uh, you can follow Justin Sosa at Justin Sosa 99. You can follow myself at Jake Watroba, and you can follow Stephen Jodoran at Stephen Jodoran. For Justin, I'm Jake. We'll talk to you guys next time. Mm-hmm.